Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Thanks for listening to the show. To support the podcast and letter, get lots of member-only features and follow Mike and Karina behind the scenes, go to aletterfromireland.com forward slash plus. That's aletterfromireland.com forward slash plus. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody, and you're very welcome to the Letter from Ireland show. This is Mike Collins, and today's episode is called The Celtic Druids and the Irish. Now, I always know whenever we use the word Celtic and often the word Druids, a lot of people who actually listen to this show on a regular basis, their ears prick up because those particular subjects are of tremendous interest. Of course, a lot of I suppose what we know about the Celts and the Druids comes from a time of prehistory, so there's a bit of guesswork involved, to say the very least. But for some reason, this particular aspect of our heritage, the Druids and the Celts, are very much, I think, kind of um, embedded in our sense of who we are and how we got to where we are as Irish people in our shared heritage. So we're going to have two letters today. The second letter, which you're going to hear towards the end of the episode, is called Do You See Yourself as Irish? and very much looks at the idea of Irish identity and what it takes to consider yourself as Irish or of Irish descent. The first letter is called the Celtic Druids and Irish Surnames. And in that first letter, Queen is going to chat about a time, and uh, pre-Christian times basically, when we did have Druids in Ireland, uh, in Celtic society, but during Christian times, how they transitioned into becoming priests and medical practitioners and Brehan judges and so on and so forth. And she's also going to chat about some of the Irish surnames, some of the Irish families associated with each of those profession, uh, professions. So perhaps you'll hear one or two Irish surnames in your own family tree. We're going to have three really uh, nice uh, pieces of music to share along the way as well. And we're going to start with a very particular rollicking tune called Boil the Breakfast Early Here by the Chieftains.
Mike and I have just returned from County Antrim in Ulster, travelling between the Causeway Coast, the Glens of Antrim, and taking many trips into the heartland of this fascinating and beautiful county. Maybe some of your Irish ancestors came from this lovely County Antrim. As we travelled around Antrim, we saw many signs to places that featured as film locations for the Game of Thrones TV series. Now, the Game of Thrones is a series featuring stories of kings and queens, sorcerers and dragons. And I can see why the producers chose this part of the world to bring their stories and myths to life. Ulster is a part of Ireland bursting with antiquities, such as Dunluce Castle, the Giant's Causeway, as well as many magical stone circles and ring forts. I must say that when I think of stone circles, I find it hard to keep the picture of a druid out of my mind. How about you? Today, let's chat about some of the druidic families of Ireland. You may even hear mention of a surname or two from your own family tree. From Celtic Druids to Scholars and Musicians Do you have any poets or musicians in your family? How about lawyers and doctors? Many of us might view Ireland as a land of saints, scholars, musicians, a place where the turn of a phrase or a nice run on a fiddle is valued alongside the more pragmatic aspects of life. But did you ever wonder, where did these cultural values come from? Were these abilities always held in such high esteem? To help answer the question, we'll go back and look at the people who were entrusted with safeguarding Irish law, its customs, poetry, music and medical knowledge back in prehistoric times. 
We will look at the Brehen, they were our judges, our lawmakers of the time, the Philly, our poets, the bards, our musicians, and at our physicians. In pre-Christian times, these groups were sometimes known collectively as the Druids. The Druidic families of Ireland. The Celtic language that we know as Irish Gaelic today, along with accompanying beliefs and customs, gradually arrived here in Ireland from about 500 BC. The oral tradition was very strong among the Celts, who generally seemed to frown on the written word. Julius Caesar wrote and observed of the Celtic people. The Druids believe that their religion forbids them to commit their teachings to writing, although for most other purposes they use the Greek alphabet. But I imagine this rule was originally established for other reasons, because they did not want their doctrine to become public property, and in order to prevent their pupils from relying on the written word and neglecting to train their memories. Now, this reliance, for whatever reason, on the oral tradition frustrated later scholars who missed the opportunity to study the written word of the Druids. But this oral tradition was how major events, genealogies, agreements and the law was transmitted for hundreds of years by the intellectual class known as the Druids. They most likely transitioned as a group into becoming monks and priests, physicians, brehens, poets and bards after the coming of Irish Christianity in the 6th century. Would you like to know if any of your Irish ancestors are part of this class? And how would you know if any of your Irish ancestors are part of the Druidic class? Well, sometimes you'll find a clue in a surname. Did you know, for example, the surname Hickey? H-I-C-K-E-Y, comes from the Irish word for healer. Or that the surname Ward, W-A-R-D, comes from the Irish for son of the bard. Here are some more Irish surnames associated with the different professions that came out of this Druidic class. Why don't we start with the Brehan surnames? Here are the surnames for some families that served as Brehens or judges in certain Irish kingdoms up to the end of the 16th century. They were Egan, Forbes, Keenan, Coffey, Donnellan, Daverin, Breslin, Hussey, Agnew, Foy, Corneen, Corcoran, Clunan, Gilsonan, Caffrey, Clancy, and Folan. Now on to the Philly or Bardic surnames, and here are the surnames of some families that served as Philly or Bards, professions that we might refer to today as poets, composers, and musicians. So here are the surnames for those Philly or Bards in certain Irish kingdoms up to the end of the 16th century. They were Barden, Canty, Cleary, MacCrath, Daly, Higgins, Ward, 
Conway, MacCarroll, Neve and Phelan. Lastly, we have the physician surnames. Here are the surnames of some families that served as medical physicians in certain Irish kingdoms up to the end of the 16th century. McKinley, McVeigh, Canavan, Carney, Fergus, Tully, Lee, Cashin, Bulger, O'Connor, Cullen, Callanan, Hickey, Lane, Nalan, Troy, Dunleavy, McNulty, Cassidy, and lastly, Shields. Now, did you hear any of your Irish surnames included in those lists? Who knows? A family trait may even have passed down from ancient Ireland to a member of your own family. Now, wouldn't that be a great link to have to your Celtic past?
Uh, what a voice there. We have Noreen Nirian with a song in the Irish called Suntraha. Now, Suntraha means lullabies in English. I think you can get that beautiful lilting lullaby tone right through that wonderful piece of music. I think it's very appropriate that we're actually using the Irish language today for, in fact, uh, two of our songs, the one you heard just there and the final one today. As uh, the word Druid, for example, itself comes from the Irish language, as well as, of course, the Irish surnames that Karina read out uh, through that particular letter, all of which had their roots in the original Irish. Now, we're going to move on to our second letter for today, and it's called Do You See Yourself as Irish? And it was all started by one of our readers asking a very particular question. So in this letter, we attempt to give her an answer. When I'm travelling in Ireland and someone asks me, where are you from? The answer is usually expected to be the county where you live. It's only when I travel abroad that I start to think of myself as an Irishman, as opposed to a Corkman. Do you have a similar experience? Do you see yourself as Irish? I recently came across an article on Irish Central with the headline, Why do people in Ireland not consider an Irish-American to be Irish? It was written by a second-generation Irish person who returned to Ireland often as a boy to be with his cousins. He saw himself as Irish or Irish-American, but his cousins thought that he was a Yank. I must admit I do hear different versions of this question a lot. Here's a recent comment from one of our own regular readers, Pamela Morungi. And this is what Pamela goes on to say. Seeing Ireland has been a lifelong dream and not an easy thing to consider abandoning. But you see, I've just enough German stubbornness to get defensive about not being considered Irish. So when I do get there, I'd want to enjoy my time in my ancestral country and not listen to how I'm not Irish, which would be sure to get my Irish up. Now, you try and tell me that this lady isn't Irish. First, Pamela, when the time comes to visit Ireland, you let me know if anybody doubts your Irishness and I will deal with them personally. However, I think you'll be in there well before me. An island of tribes and townlands. In Ireland, we never really had a united kingdom. For many centuries, this was a land of different tribes called Tuas, and each had their own lands. So that sense of being Irish and proud of it only really came to the fore during the Gaelic revival in the late 1800s. With the rise of British dominance in the 1700s came an awareness that being Irish, and often Irish Catholic, was a negative thing. It meant you were dealt poor land, demoted to subsistence living, and had a lack of opportunity. After the terrible famine in the mid-1800s, many Irish emigrated abroad and found that this negative view of the Irish was often present in those new lands too. It was a hard label to shake. However, our ancestors knuckled down and embraced the fresh start that a new nation offered, if not for them, then at least for their children. Down the years, accents have changed, cultures intermarried and life got better, sometimes good enough to return back to live in Ireland. 
or maybe just to come back to visit cousins and relatives who met us mostly with open arms and maybe sometimes with a little indifference. I would summarise by saying that Irishness has never been about the border that contains us. This has become especially true over the last 150 years as the worldwide population of Irish descent swelled to 60 million and beyond. Irishness seems to me to be about enjoying immediate and extended family, having an attitude of never giving up, treating those around you with a sense of decency and having a love of music, stories and sharing the simple things in life. So, if like Pamela, who I mentioned earlier, if like Pamela, you are concerned that your Irishness may be questioned when you meet an Irish-born native, remember to look them in the eye and show them your Irish attitude. It happens a lot less than you imagine, and it's their labelling problem, not yours. Remember that you are, and always will be, one of our own.
well is hard to talk about the Celts and the Druids without featuring the music and songs of that lady. We had Enya there with a song in Irish called Nalaha Gyal Moiga. And Nalaha being the days, Gyal being the word for bright, and Moiga basically being my youth. So the bright days of my youth there with Enya. And did you know Enya, in fact, was a native Irish speaker, is a native Irish speaker, uh, who comes from County Donegal, and the rest of her siblings have, well, a couple of her siblings and relations were in a band called Clonad. And her original name is Etna Podrigine Ni Vranon. So that would be Etna Patricia O'Brennan. So Enya there with Nalaha Gyal Moiga. So that brings us to the end of this particular episode, The Celtic Druids and the Irish. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, do remember, we really appreciate if you take a moment or two to leave a review wherever you might be listening to this particular podcast episode. So if you're in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever or in a forum, please take a moment to leave a star or two, whatever you think, and indeed a comment or two. We'd love to hear from you as well. So for this week, thank you very much for listening from both Karina and myself. And until we chat again soon, slán for now. If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of The Green Room at letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our green room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The green room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán Gafol, Karina. <laughs>